See, this is why I love the Bible. These people were average people just like us who were very fearful, who were scared, who were doubtful. But guess what? They moved forward in spite of it. They didn't wait until the fear went away. She didn't wait until she felt like, okay, you know what, Angel? Let me just hang on. You know, let me come back at you and tell you my thoughts when I start to feel better. Welcome back to Iconic Women Part 3. I'm back. Okay, we are finishing up this series that has taken me a little bit longer than expected. Um, But it's been fun. Have you guys been loving this? I know personally I have really enjoyed taking a look at each one of these women a little bit more in depth and just refreshing myself with lessons from their lives. And I'll tell you what, I feel like I've had many... Ruth and Miriam and Mary and Martha and Esther moments in the past few weeks because they've been on my mind and I've been looking for stories like theirs. So today, you guys, we're going to wrap it up with Martha and Mary, okay? And I'm just going to jump right in. Um, I'm going to start with with Martha. Okay, let's give you guys a background of, of Martha Martha is the behind the scenes kind of gal, okay? I literally kind of think of her like Martha Stewart, all right? She's known typically in the Bible of the, you know, the grouchy hostess, if you will, from stories that you may have heard of her. But I want to read to you um, from the Bible, Luke 10, 38, where we're going to pick up this story and what we're going to learn from Martha. Jesus comes into town and Martha and her sister Mary welcome him into their home And Martha is in the kitchen doing the things. She is the ultimate hostess of hostesses, and she wants everything to be perfect for Jesus. She's making the meal. She's doing the cleaning. She's just doing all the serving things, which is fabulous. And her sister Mary is doing none of it. Um, Her sister Mary decides to just go sit at Jesus's feet and listen to him tell stories. And... Martha doesn't like that so much. So let's just pick up and see where we're at. She's hustling, bustling. She looks over and sees her sister just chilling with Jesus. And she's very irritated because she's doing everything by herself. Now, I don't know if you guys have led any teams or organizations or children in your home or team sports, or you've been involved in any kind with collaborating with other people and you felt like you got the short end of the stick. And you're the one doing all the things. I will tell you, I've been on both sides, okay? I have felt many times, especially in college. Oh, man, you guys, I hated when they did the group projects because I'm like, I already know where this is going. I am going to do everything. I'm literally going to do everything. And then when it comes time to present it, everybody's going to just slap their name on it and get the credit, right? I've been on both sides, though. I've been the, the Mary. And I've been the one just soaking in the moments, too. So I can relate with both sides of the story, but let, let's just pick up and, and you can kind of get the picture here of what's going on. Luke 10, 38. Martha was distracted, keyword, Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but only one thing is necessary. 
and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Ouch, right? Ouch. That's kind of like not the answer she was hoping for, right? She was literally really probably thinking Jesus was going to respond and say, yeah, Mary, why don't you get up and help your sister who's doing everything by herself, right? Now, there's a couple things that we're going to learn from Martha, you guys. And the first one is that busyness is not a sign of productiveness, okay? Stop stressing. Being busy does not necessarily equal your importance, your value, your worth, or your productiveness, And I am the most guilty person of this because I do run a a large organization. I do have my hands in many pots. I'm a mom of two toddlers. I'm, you know, a pastor's life. I'm all the things, you guys. And my personality will lean towards get busy, being busy. I got to do, I got to do. I cannot sit. I cannot do it as an Enneagram 3 and an extroverted extrovert. Sitting around is not fun for me, okay? It, It doesn't make me feel fulfilled, And it's just difficult. I want to be busy doing because that is how I feel importance and value and impact, right? And there's nothing wrong with being busy, but there is when it starts to become a priority and you lose sight of what is most important. And that's exactly what happened with Martha here in this story. The Lord said, Martha, you're doing things that are actually, they're not bad things. These are good things. You guys, you can actually be busy doing fabulous, wonderful things. You can be busy serving your community. You can be busy serving your church and your team and your family and your husband. And you're like, why isn't anyone helping me? Why isn't anyone? Whatever it might be, you guys, there's not all the things you're doing. There's nothing wrong with them. They can be good things, but they can also be distracting things. When they become more important than the main thing. And what is the main thing? Jesus told Martha, He said, Mary has chosen what is most important. I am in your, basically this, Jesus is saying, I'm only in your presence so often and so long. It's not every day Jesus is going to come and chill at your house. So why don't we just focus on what's most important? And instead of the toilets being cleaned and instead of the, the, the kitchen being nice and the meals being perfect and all the things, why don't you just focus on hanging out with your kids for the small moment of time that you actually have them in your home? Why don't you just focus on being present with your team and the people around you than being so busy trying to make stories of on Instagram of, of what's going on? Why don't you just be, you know, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank is basically what Jesus is saying, right? Again, there's nothing wrong with being busy, you guys, but we've all been there when we know we get so busy doing that we start to become burnt out. And then we start to do the second thing, which, which is compare. She looks over and sees Mary and goes, what the heck? She's over there just laughing it up with Jesus, and I'm over here sweating in the kitchen. That's not okay. And this is sometimes what busyness does to us, you guys. You you get on this this track, and you get some momentum, and you go, 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 go. And all of a sudden, you're not being fulfilled. You're not feeling valued or seen or heard or worthy. And so you look over here, and you go, well, wait a minute. How come she's getting all the fun? How come she's getting all the, the the value? And how come she gets to be the one that's right up close with Jesus? I'm, I deserve it. I'm the one doing the stuff, right? That's what comparison does. It makes you think that somebody else has it better. It makes you think that you deserve something else and that on and on and on and on. 
And busyness and distractions cause us to compare, you guys. When you have your priorities straight, you're probably not struggling with comparison, to be honest. Most often when I struggle with comparison, it's because I know it's my priorities are not straight. And I'm too whacked out with achieving the things and being busy about the things than actually the main thing, which is what am I trying to accomplish here, right? Do I need my whole house to be beautifully clean and all the toys to be put away and I freak out and scream at my kids? Or is it more important that I spend quality time with them for the very few years that I have them in my home wanting to play dress up with mommy? Because it's not going to be very long that that's not going to be here. And I have to check myself and do and say that and go, what's most important right now in this moment? Folding clothes and doing laundry and making sure everything's done or sitting down on the floor with my daughters and playing with them. What's most important here? Listening to you know, my teammates and actually spending time serving and doing things that benefit me nothing or me trying to do, 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 do. So I get seen, 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 right? So, so busyness and distraction, you guys with Martha, it's a perfect example. And it happens to all of us is it causes us to compare. And I would, I would encourage you that if you are in that place and you're comparing and you're like, well, why not me? And why her? start asking yourself, what am I doing here? What am I trying to really accomplish? And what is most important right now in this moment? Maybe I need to let go of some of these things that are important, but not most important right now. Do you hear what I'm saying, you guys? Many things we're doing are important. We got to pay bills. We have to go to work. We can't just be like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and not work today. And I'm going to go just sit at Jesus's feet. Okay. I understand that. We can't just throw all our responsibilities to the wayside. But we do need to figure out that balance. And you guys know when it is. You already know. Most oftentimes, nobody needs to remind you. You know. Because it's going to creep up through comparison or someone's going to say something to you. And you're going to start feeling burnout. And you're going to start doing all the things. That's your sign to, to rest. And can I tell you something too? Rest is not laziness. Okay? Rest does not equate laziness. Some of you are just such high achievers and you want to do great things and you have the best hearts and you just want everyone's lives to change around you. So you're out here doing the things and you're slaving away and you're serving and, but you have to rest, you guys. I don't care how much energy you have, how much you have on your plate. You better believe that the God who asked you to do those things is going to provide because he will. He's not asking you to burn yourself out to where you end up in the hospital because you're so sick. Okay. He will be faithful to complete the good work he has started in you, and he will give you all the tools that you need to complete all the tasks on your list. I promise you. But guess what? He's not going to do that if you are not discerning enough to take some rest. You have to rest and you have to recharge. And I am preaching at the choir because this is one of my greatest weaknesses. One of my greatest weaknesses, you guys, if I'm being honest, is resting. Because like I already told you, I don't like it. It's not fun for me. I start to feel gross and lazy and not fulfilled. But here's my, my, my advice to you when you're resting. Rest is not just about like becoming a couch potato. When you rest, fill your soul. So for me, rest often looks like listening to worship music. For me, rest means, you know, watching some funny shows. Sometimes that's soul fulfilling. I just need to laugh. Um, rest for me often looks like just reading my Bible and doing more devotions and going to church. That's rest for me on Sunday. Now, some of you are like, I don't know about you, but going to church is a lot of work. I get it. It's hard to get up on Sunday. The kids are crazy and getting in the car. 
I get that. But when you're there, your soul finds rest, right? You rest doesn't mean you're just lounging around, you know, eating bonbons and drinking wine. That's not it. It is about filling your soul so that you can go back out and fill others' souls. And when you rest, you're doing what Mary is doing. Notice how Mary was just sitting at Jesus's feet. Some of us need to just let go some things on our to-do list and take a breather and take a minute and go rest in Jesus. That's, that's what rest is. It's resting in him, meaning plug yourself in to the source that's going to charge you, which is Jesus. And he's going to give you guys the strength. He is going to expand your energy like you never believed. He is going to expand hours in your day that just somehow seem to be there that never were there before. But you got to rest in him, okay? Um. So that's our lessons with Martha, you guys. I love Martha because she got stuff done, right? She was the behind the scenes get stuff done but, um, and she served and I love that about her. She wasn't afraid to sweat, sweat things away and sacrifice. And y'all know how big I am on sacrifice. We already talked about that in the past episodes. Um, but sometimes the Marthas of the world need to remember what's most important and get their priorities straight and rest in Jesus. Right. Okay. So my question for you through Martha is, is there any area of your life that you know is becoming a distraction a crutch, or causing undue anxiety. Write it down, pray over it this week, give it to God, and stop. Let it go, friends. Don't let these things, these good, good things that you're doing become crutches to avoid doing other, to avoid the real main thing, right? Or distractions, all right? Okay, moving on to Mary. Mary can, Mary's story can be found in Luke 1. Mary, we're doing Mary the mother, we're not doing Mary the sister of Martha, Okay, I just want to clarify. There's a few Marys in the Bible. We're doing Mary, the mama of Jesus. Okay, Luke 1. Long story short, you guys, if you don't know the story of Mary and Jesus, this is one of the most incredibly inspiring. If you want to talk about a woman who has massive, massive belief and obedience, it's Mary. I don't think there's anyone more than her. Why? Because she was a teenage girl that was engaged when an angel appeared to her and said, hey, you're going to you know, bear the son of God. Um, excuse me, what? Yes, you're going to bear the son of God right now, being engaged, an unmarried teenage woman. I don't know about you, but that would freak the ever-loving Mary out of me, right? Luke 1, let me read. The angel comes and tells her this, and Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not Be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I'm going to stop right there because I want to tell you guys something. When God comes to you and asks you to do something in great faith or obedience, okay, it is always, always, always going to be followed with, do not be afraid. You have found favor with me. I would not have asked you, Connie, if I did not know you could do this, okay? I I want to give you guys that because did you know that the Bible says do not fear 365 times, one for every day of the year, 365 times it says do not fear, I'm with you, do not fear. If God said it that many times, do you think that he really wanted to emphasize do not fear? He's trying to get us to understand something very powerful, which is this, when I call you, I'm going to equip you. 
You need to trust me, right? So he said, Mary, don't fear. You've found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Mary said to the angel, how will this happen since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. You guys, many times God is going to ask you to do things when you're really seeking him out. He's done it to me that are going to be so whacked out and out of left field. You have to question him. You're only human if you're if you question him, right? It's going to be real odd if God comes to you and asks you to do something really, really great. And you just go, "Okay, Jesus, here we go. No, most people don't do that. You guys, even people with great, great faith because we're human. And especially because it's going to be something that has that's you can't even think of it in your wildest dreams, right? He's going to ask you to do things that sometimes are so out of left field that it's normal to question him. And I want you to know it's okay. Question him. He's not offended by it. That's what Mary did. Mary said, okay, um, excuse me, angel. Uh, how's this going to happen? How am I going to have this baby? I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. Again, he's saying, God's going to do the work. You don't even need to worry about it. Friends, God is going to do works in you when you start stepping out in obedience and having faith, and nothing is going to make sense on paper. You're going to say, well, how's this make sense, God? We don't have the money. We don't have the money to go do that. How's this going to make sense, God? I don't have the time. I'm working two full-time jobs. How, How am I going to do this? How does this make sense, God? I don't have the talents. I've never stepped into that arena before. I don't even know what where to start. And God's going to say, it doesn't make sense. I make sense. I make sense of the unsensible. Okay, that's literally what he's saying, right? And he tells Mary, the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. Okay, you don't even need to worry about it. He's going to do the work, okay? And she says, um... It says, hold on, I want to read this part. I lost my spot. For no one, I must may your word be fulfilled. Um, did I really miss this spot? Basically, it said that, oh, here we go. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Okay, she was greatly troubled, you guys. I love that it put that in there because that's so relatable. And it makes you see that you can be dr- greatly troubled and very um concerned with what God might be asking you to do and yet still move forward in obedience and and do it. Okay? See, this is why I love the Bible. These people were average people just like us who were very fearful, who were scared, who were doubtful, but guess what? They moved forward in spite of it. They didn't wait until the fear went away. She didn't wait until she felt like, "Okay, you know what, angel? Let me just hang on, you know, let me come back at you and tell you my thoughts when I start to feel better." She said, okay, I am the Lord's servant and may your word be fulfilled. Okay, that's how she responded. Yes, she was greatly troubled, but she still knew enough about God and what he says and believed his promises so much that she was able to put aside her doubt and her fear and her and her um, unknownness to say, I don't need to know, but I know you. Okay, you guys. This is my whole life, I feel like. It's it's a it's gonna be forever this way, and I love it. It's 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 called faith stepping, faith walking. And when you start to live this life with God, it you're on an adventure, to be honest. Because you know that God is gonna do crazy stuff 
that only could be of him because you would never ask for it. You guys, I never asked to be in the social selling beauty industry world. This is the furthest thing from anything I could have ever dreamed of as a kid or hoped or wanted to be. The furthest thing. Okay? But I'm smart enough to know that when God puts promptings and small voices in my ear because I've seen it in the past to listen to them and move on and move forward with it. Even if I don't know, and even if I'm scared, I do not care because I know God so well, and I know that he will fulfill and he will complete the work that he starts in me. But my job is to be obedient. So that's the first thing we learn from Mary is obedience, belief and obedience. We're going to tie it all into one. She has major belief and obedience, you guys. How can you test your faith and your belief? I don't care what you say you know about God or what you post on your Instagram or what you... You could say you believe until the cows come home, but faith is faith is not faith until it is tested. I've said that in past episodes, right? The only way I know how much faith you have is to see it when it's tested. It's just like leadership, right? We all can say, oh, we lead this. We lead. Okay, then show me when leader under fire. Let me see when things get tough. Let me see when you're dealing with hard times. That's when leadership shows. That's when faith shows as well, when it is tested. How do you show your faith and your belief? Through obedience. You guys, it's through obedience. And when you and, and let me tell you something. This past Sunday, we had a guest speaker and he talked about the power of yes. And he said, do you listen to those small promptings that you know God is telling you to do something or do you just quiet them down and push them away? And he said, I'm talking about the weird ones, like the real weird ones that are like, Hey, Connie, um, go talk to that girl in Starbucks right there. See her over there standing in line. Just go say hi. What? What do you mean? I'm not going to go say hi. That's crazy. What the heck? That's of God. And you want to know why? Because that's not Connie. I am not going to go talk to anybody anywhere in line anywhere. That's just not my personality. And so when those promptings come, I know it's of God because it's not me. I couldn't make it up if I tried. Right? Or, um, hey, Connie, why don't you... Go out and go on a run right now. I want you to go on a run in your neighborhood. Just go. What? You want me to go running? I'm real tired. I didn't sleep for two days straight. Why? I'm not going to go running. It makes no sense. I'm tired. I don't feel good. It must be God then. He may be wanting to speak to me. He may want me to bump into somebody on my run. He may. I know the small voices of God because here's a pro tip for you, you guys. They're often not what I would want or pick. And they're often not going to be what you would want or pick either. That's how some, that's how you know they're of God, you guys, 99% of the time. Why does he do that? Why does he tell us to do things that are so far outside our comfort zone or within our scope of um, gifts and talents? Because then he gets the glory. Then we move forward with it. And I go talk to that girl in Starbucks in line and I just go say hi. And it strikes up a conversation where before you know it, she said, this was of God to bump into you because I was thinking of committing suicide. And I don't know why, but you just coming up and saying hi is a sign. Like I was praying for God to give me a sign and you're my sign, right? Like this is the kind of God stories. This is where God stories happen. And the pastor was talking about that. He said, I've become a master of listening to the small promptings God puts in my ear and on my heart. And he starts every single week saying, give me a God story that can only be of you. And guess what, you guys? I started it myself. I, every single week, am going to be very, very in tune with those small promptings, even if I don't want to do them because I'm like, oh, crap, I know this is of God and I got to go, right? Because I know it's going to produce a God story. He's never going to ask you to do something that has no impact, you guys. It may be small. It could be the smallest thing that you might think is insignificant, 
but it has eternal impact. Does that make sense? So obedience and belief is what we get from Mary. You guys, I want to ask you, is there something you have stopped believing God for? You're just like, this is just pointless. It hasn't happened. And I'm not going to believe God for it anymore because it's just not happening in my timing. I want to challenge you to bring it back up to him in prayer and say, God, I believe you put this on my heart. Help me step out with the next steps I need to do to see this come through. Help me to just be patient in the waiting. Help me to just know that this still is of you because I've let it die and I don't have faith in it anymore. So if it's of you, bring it back. Okay. Some of you need to pray that prayer. And some of you, you already know, and you just need to step out in obedience. Where is he calling you to go do something and you have been putting it off because of fear, because it doesn't make sense, because you in your own capabilities can't possibly make it happen. I want you to bring it back up to him as well. And I want you to say, okay, God, this week, I want you to say yes to one of the small promptings he puts in your mind or on your heart. And I want you to seek out a God story. And I want you to tell me about it if it happens. I really do. I know it's scary because when you ask for it and say, God, give me a God story. I'm listening. Give me small promptings. He's going to do it. But I am so excited because I already know he's going to use you through it. He's going to bless other people and he's going to bless you. This is how you grow. So I want you to tag me in it if you guys do it. I want you to share your story if you have a God story this week. Um, I had one. I was seeking him. I had a God story. I was able to go volunteer you guys with some youth that are troubled to say the least, okay? I went with some girlfriends and we volunteered to go into this group home. They've been kicked out of the foster system or are in the middle of it because they've been arrested. They've, you know, they're teen moms, they're coming off drugs, like some serious stuff, you guys. And I, I just said, God, give us, I don't know what to say to these girls. I don't even know. I've never been around this. I don't even relate to them. I'm going in here just knowing you asked me to come and do this. And I don't know why or what. And you guys, I can't even tell you. He showed up so big. He was so evident in that night and in that room that even the workers there were like, we have never seen these girls open up to random strangers the way they did with you. And the girls were asking when we could come back. I mean, it's just, I'm so excited for this. This is going to be my new thing. God, what's my God story this week? Give me a God story. So I'm going to challenge you to do the same. I'm going to challenge you guys to take these lessons from Martha and Mary and slow down and rest. Okay, slow down and rest. Make sure you keep the main thing, the main thing. Your priorities are straight and ask God for ways that you can step out in obedience so that he can show up big and give you guys some God stories. All right. All right. That wraps up our iconic women. I'm sure I'll come circle back through this, you guys, and we'll do some more topics. And I want you guys to reach out to me and say, Hey, Connie, I like this topic, or I want that topic. This is the only way I'm going to know what you guys want to hear. And, um, yeah, what content you want from me. So let me know, spend some time in prayer over these questions. I can't wait to see what you guys get from this. I love you. Have a fantastic weekend.